own the fact that it's your show. Own the fact that you, you know, it's it's what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, your audience is super important, and and hopefully they'll give you feedback on that. But it starts with what you want first, yeah. because if you're not happy with it, you're not going to keep doing it. Podcast Junkies, episode one sixty two. Welcome back. Apologies for the haphazard. Um, show schedule it's been crazy it's been crazy i will not lie to you in the past month i've been to podfest i've been to traffic and conversion i've been to social media marketing world i've been to the conscious media festival and i've had three days of training with my coach in redondo beach california so needless to say as of this recording it's the first time i'm at my desk in a long time and so uh, i know I've been uh, neglecting you guys, and and that's not intentional, and I'm looking forward to getting back on track. I have several episodes in the can, as I alluded to earlier, and I'm going to get some uh, intros recorded to make sure those get back on schedule. Thank you so much for your patience, guys and gals. I truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, We've been getting a lot of really good feedback on our our last episode with D.S. Moss, host of The Adventures of Memento Mori. What a fantastic conversation on the subject of what might seem like a, a macabre topic, death, but uh, DS does such a uh, classy job of, of talking about uh, subjects that are not necessarily top of mind for most people. So I highly recommend that you check that episode out. And I think it'll lead you to check out some of his specific episodes on his show, which are great. Um, if you are new, then uh, you may not even know what it is I'm rambling about. Uh, it's because uh, you've been adventurous enough to check us out. I like to interview uh, meaningful um, and really great podcast hosts who are doing just amazing things with their shows. Some I knew, some I don't, some I find uh, only weeks before, some I find on Twitter, or some I get to meet in person at a conference. And these are all fantastic ways for me to broaden my knowledge of what's happening in the podosphere. Again, another word that I just made up. But uh, this week, again, another conversation related to my conference going. And we've talked about several guests that came on the show as a result of MapCon, which is the Mid-Atlantic Podcasting Conference. And the host of that, or the creator of that conference, is uh, none other than Super Joe Pardo. He is Super Joe. If you you can only see him in action at these conferences, you'll know exactly why uh, he gets that name. He's the host of The Business Podcast, one of the best names for a show because it literally, uh, talk about being super clear about what the show is about. It's called The Business Podcast. Love when podcasts have um, a URL that's SEO friendly like that and just tells people exactly what they're going to get. He's also the host of several books and the latest is called Sales Won't Save Your Business. In this conversation, we talk about the origins of the conference, MapCon, his knack for being an extremely, extremely generous host. I experienced it firsthand. I even got to sleep in one of his uh, his child his children's bunk beds. <laughs> we talk about that a little bit. There's something that set this conference apart from other podcast conferences, and we, we delve into that a bit. Um, naturally, when I showed up and I saw the turntables in his uh, living room, we had to have a conversation about DJing. So he talks about what drew him to DJing early on in his life. Um, He started his podcast, The Dreamers Podcast, and he started to notice a common theme in his conversations, which we touch upon. And we really find out what it is that drives him to keep writing books, including his newest one, and what is it that's in his DNA that makes him so productive and such a good guy. 
Um, I, I think anyone that meets him really comes uh, comes back uh, or leaves with a smile on their face because he's just one of the one of the good guys, and I'm really happy we got to have him on this conversation. This episode is brought to you by Podbean. Podbean has unlimited hosting for nine dollars a month. They've been really generous with the show. It's really easy to set up, and a lot of times people think um, the only thing they're going to do is set up their audio podcast. The other option that they have available is if you are starting with video, as some of our clients are doing, um, by all means, not only should you mainly get your show on audio for, for, for Apple Podcasts, but you should also look, if you have the content already, getting it into a video podcast, and Podbean makes that super easy with their um, unlimited hosting. So as you pay one price, uh, $29, to get your video podcast up. So um, I've been recommending all clients sign up with Podbean for the video uh, hosting if they have that content as well. Now, make sure you stay to the end of the episode. We reveal this week's retention hashtag where I can see who's been paying attention all the way to the end. But for now, enjoy my conversation with Super Joe. So Super Joe Pardo, host of The Business Podcast featuring Super Joe Pardo. We finally got to make this happen and we're speaking now on Podcast Junkies. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it, it, I'm glad that we were able to finally make this happen. It, uh, we, I think we had to reschedule twice yes. so far. Yes, I was I was concerned that we were going to wind up <laughs> rescheduling this time, but no, I saw you ping, it, you pinged me earlier. But it, yeah, <laughs> but it did happen, and we are here live. So this is the last recording uh, of 2017. So we're finishing the year strong, you and I together. So it'll be a nice yeah. nice way to. Um, Think about what what the new year has has brought us, and we can talk about what what 2017 was like for you. And the other thing we're doing is an experiment with video. So this is the first time I'm actually consciously having the video recorded, um, and we'll see how it goes. And I'll release it, and we'll see what people think. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's backwards, isn't it? No, I, I no it? no. It says video. Oh, in my camera, it's backwards. <laughs> oh, okay, that's funny. So it's interesting because you and I knew of each other you know for a couple of years now and i think i had seen mapcon and then this year i just made a conscious effort to to visit to visit all the all the conferences the major conferences there's so many to keep track of sometimes and and i was happy i did and uh, we got to spend a couple of days together uh which was pretty awesome yes yes we did uh i think we had uh, in a, maybe had a brief interaction at 2015's uh, podcast movement, yeah. maybe a little bit. I know I saw a heck of a lot of your T-shirts around. That's yeah. and I was like, I I need to know who this is. And and of course, I was palling around with uh, with with uh, Kim Trumbo, who yes. uh, is now Cameron. And you know, we were palling around like the whole weekend together. And I know she was a you know, or is and was a, a huge podcast junkie yeah. fan. So uh so I, I I did get to know a little bit, but I, I feel like we might have we might have interacted like in a in a group setting. I'm not positive though. Probably. I'm not positive. But I definitely saw a ton of your shirts around. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the been been interesting um marketing uh, thing that's worked for me because I, I I will admit I was inspired. I know that um, Michael O'Neill did it in 2013 when he went to New Media Expo, I think he said. Um, and so I, I really liked the idea and I started it 
in 20, I think in 2015 is when I started it because I went to 2014's podcast movement. But in 2015, I said, I just made 50 shirts. I said, what the heck? I started walking around with them. I'm like, I'm not going to get rid of these. (laughs) But I wanted to give them to my guests for uh, my guests first. And so that's what I did. And then I realized, you know, people just naturally gravitate towards t-shirts, especially free t-shirts. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna have to keep doing this. So now it's a tradition. And I keep upping the order too, because (laughs) I I pay for them on my own. And so last, uh, this past August was 100 t-shirts, and they obviously went pretty quickly. But it's I think it's nice. Um, it's a nice way for me to give back to the community and start a conversation and just find some new um, new fans as well. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I, you're, you're handing out a, a thing that says "podcast junkie" at yeah. a podcasters convention. I think yeah. it's a pretty pretty easy sale, regardless of you know if if they know of, a, of the brand or not, right? Yeah, yeah, I think I think so, and I think. Um, your shirt is really nice too, the the mic dropper shirt, and I think that's one I, I tend to wear on a regular basis because I think people love shirts that uh, are not too salesy or or not too you know logos all over the place. And A Weber did something great with their shirt. They've got that mascot, the space alien, the space yep. guy with it with, and I think that was genius because it's fun, it's quirky, and you know I think and and. And obviously, you got to get the material right, as as you probably know, with having ordered shirts in the past. It's a fine. That's this weird combination of like materials and size and fit. But when you find one, your shirt actually is made it to the the, the top of the the most wear, worn now because you seem to have gotten it right. I don't know how many how many iterations it took before you found the right combo. So, so I have to thank Michael O'Neill for that because uh, in 2016, 2016, when he came to speak, uh, I said, hey, what, what size shirt do you need? And he's like, well, is it one of these kinds of shirts? And I said, no. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, then don't bother getting me one because I won't wear it. And I said, oh, OK, that's not what I want to hear. <laughs> um, how that's do we fix that? In, so in we had Michael a conversation about it and, you know. Yeah, so so that's when like I I decided to make the 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 conscious decision to make a shirt that said something that podcasters would want to wear because uh, the first one just says podcaster on it and I should be wearing it but it is like 17 degrees outside and it, we have a heat pump here so it's a bit cold in the house so I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a WordPress shirt actually okay so uh, WordPress sweatshirt from Word WordCamp US uh, 2016 I think it was. I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I, yeah, I used to be wearing mine. I think I'm, I'm wearing the uh, Strangers one from Leah Tao's podcast, Strangers. Oh, that's Ra- awesome. Radiotopia. So, but it is, well, it's relatively cold. I feel embarrassed to tell you how cold, <laughs> what it is. Over it's here. probably like 55 <laughs> degrees, right? Something like that. Yeah, and, and it yeah. gets colder in this office. So, But yeah, I'm from New York originally, so I can relate to the, the teens. Yeah, I mean, well, we're actually we're gonna get in a a, a heater and inst- like a, a gas heater installed. So, okay. so hopefully in the next couple of weeks we won't have to deal with this anymore. I've lived in this house since '92, and and I've dealt with poor circulation and poor heating situation all my life, and I'm ready to upgrade this since we're probably not moving anytime soon. So anyway, getting back to podcasting, uh, and and t-shirts in particular. Uh, I wanted to create a T-shirt that people would want to wear, and that's why on on I put the Mapcon. Uh, well, it's not really a logo, but the, the 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 letters Mapcon on the shoulder because I want I want people to to wear it proudly and for what it is, not for I went to this conference and all yeah. I got was a T-shirt. Yeah. Well, not all I got was a T-shirt, but I I got it. I got a t-shirt. So like I already know what next year's shirt's going to say. I just don't know what it's going to look like. I haven't I've been kind of busy working on this 
this fourth book and and you know wrapping up the rest of the year and looking down the path of like where I'm going to be heading next. So um, I haven't had a chance to design it yet. I design all my own shirts. I don't. I'm not a graphic artist mm-hmm. like a like a Photoshop whiz or anything. But that's what Fiverr's for. I draw it on a piece of paper and I say, "Give me this." Something like this. Uh, more of a designer than a than a graphic artist, I would say. But um, but I think it's you know I, I we've done other shirts too. Um, if you go on my website, you can. I don't know if it's still there. I I know it used to be there. I've designed a, a shirt that said Dreamer all yeah. in blocks, which I I only have one of. I, I want to order some more, but I think I might take the design, and get it in like that same type of T-shirt that okay. we got the uh like the 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 Mapcon shirts from. Is, uh, there, is there any reason why you don't stay with Mike Dropper? Because that, that might be your thing before someone else grabs it and just have that year over year. Maybe do like uh, Lipson doesn't just change the color. Maybe. I mean, I don't want to give away the word because I don't want okay. someone to go and take <laughs> what my idea is for next year. And, and the Dreamer Blocks t-shirt is I didn't um, draw it, but I designed it. And I had my, my brother-in-law, Matt. He uh, He's the one that went and uh, and drew it out for me by okay. hand. But but um, but yeah, and and maybe maybe that that is something I don't know. Like I, I haven't given it enough thought yet because we're not to the new year yet. When I start work, ramping up for Mapcon stuff, so it's it's possible maybe we'll do a different uh, a different color shirt or or something to that effect. Um, so talk a little uh, bit about the uh, the origins of Mapcon because um, I I thought I thought it was really interesting. I had a great time and i know you're going to extend out extend it out longer than it was this year but i really love the community feel um and you did some interesting things to to get uh people working together which i thought were fun so but let's let's rewind a little bit and and tell us like when you got the idea um and conferences are not easy (laughs) conferences you know are just organizing them and and you know not losing your shirt on them is, is is a prime concern for many so i i'm really interested to dive deep on this a little bit if Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so conferences for me, I've been in uh, around event planning since I was little. My family had a, a really big business and um one of the things my grandfather started back in the early 80s, like 81, 82, something to that effect, was running these these vendor events where all the vendors would come in from that we dealt with and they would uh there would be free food and and all that for the for the uh, attendees, which are all like our customer base, like a way to give back as a thank you and all that. And they do like raffle prizes and things like that. So, uh, you know, I grew up going to those and stealing all the swag from all the, <laughs> from all the vendors. And, uh, you know, growing up, I did uh land parties, which stands for local area network parties. So, uh, you know, connecting a bunch of peers together, playing video games. Uh, the biggest one I helped uh, get was involved with was a 256 man land uh so that was a pretty big deal down here in south jersey and um then i i mean i I put on a bunch of my own i i organized a little one rave um that was pretty much a a flop but we had a bunch of people we had like you know a handful of people that showed up that could find the place because apparently it was hard for people to find the place so secret so secret (laughs) (laughs) undisclosed location apparently it was it was difficult uh, i don't know what i was thinking back then but oh you know i was thinking was like i want to create a party so i can dj and have my friends come and dj and I can that's relate. what we did I can relate. <laughs> we did yes you with the dj background as well yeah. so yeah so i was you know when when it came to when it came to uh 
like going to I went down to Florida and I was down there for like a reunion event where it's like a whole bunch of people that get the whole Disney thing. And and I left that for one day of the four days I was down there to go to a conference that uh, Lou Mangello and Jared Easley, Jared Easley uh, is one of the, the minds behind uh, podcast movement. And uh, I just spent the whole day. I met a bunch of awesome people. I still am connected with all those people. And I talked to them, you know, pretty regularly. Um, and when I got back, I was sitting around watching uh, Peyton Manning when he was still on the the Broncos. And and I'm sitting there on the couch, and I'm like, I wonder if there's anything in the area for like for like conferences like that up here. And 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 I didn't find anything, so I was like, well, what, let's go bigger than just Philly. Let's go and do like the whole Mid Atlantic, and maybe we'll get people. You know, from outside of here, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We held a meetup uh, up in New York, right outside of Times Square. Uh, a few, like a couple months later, like three months later, and then from a few months after that, uh, or actually, like right after, I was like, "All right, we're going to do a conference. We're going to do it here in South Jersey." I found a, a venue. There's a whole long backstory about how I got the first venue, which was at a school gymnasium. But we, got, I got that venue, and and we held it, and it was like. I think it was like 35 or 40 people, 50 people, something like that. It was between 35 and 50 people showed up. And it was it was magical. People had a really great time. I've made some of the connections I made from that. I, I talked to some of those people very, very regularly. And and I consider some of them very dear and close friends of mine now. So, you know, the next year I was like, all right, let's get a hotel. Upgraded in 2016. Uh, upgraded the amount of people. I think we had about 75 people that year registered and then in 2017 we we had uh just just about 100 people registered and it was a little less than 100 people show up a lot of people but here's the thing though even the first year we had people show up from florida atlanta Mm -hmm. uh it it wasn't the mid-atlantic and and i even had people that were reaching out to me saying am i allowed to come to this I, i live in blah 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 and in the second year, we had somebody come from L.A. We had wow. uh, Rob Greenlee in the house from Spreaker. Yep. You know, we had uh, Mark Asquith come from from the United Kingdom. So we this is you know it, this is about where it's hosted, right? That's that's the whole thing. It's not about who can come. It's about where it's hosted. It's hosted here proudly in the Mid Atlantic, and uh, it's I mean I I love it. And I think the big thing I'm proud of, other than being able to bring a lot of people together, because like that's always my big thing, is is how do I bring a bunch of people together and have a good time and yeah. and learn? Is I I want I like the fact that I keep the price as cheap as I possibly can, and and I've been able to make a profit from that, <laughs> right? That's like important. it's not crazy expensive and it's not over the top, and maybe it'll grow to that. I don't know right now right now is i'm worried about 2014 or 2014 god (laughs) i'm worried about 2018 and and i'm and i'm getting uh you know in the back of my mind i'm thinking okay what are we doing for the fifth year you know what where's that the five-year anniversary gonna be be or do or look or grow expand and so it's not just about expanding and growing for this year uh upcoming year but for for future uh, the future years, and I have some great people. I, I would just want to shout out to you know Amy uh, J from uh, Ch- Ch- is this wait crap is this still chasing dreams? <laughs> I, I think it's still chasing. I I, I don't uh, no. I think I think it's chasing dream. Doing this oh on, boy, in real time. <laughs> I, I am I am doing this in real time because I feel. No, it's still it's still chasing dreams. Yeah. Oh, she, that's right. She changed her website okay. name to to it. I knew she had changed something, but I wasn't sure if it was just the website or if she had changed the name of the podcast. But you know, Amy J does an amazing job of trying to keep me on task and 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 on time and on schedule. 
uh, and helping with the planning of the the, the organ, you know, the the organization. Uh, shout out to Jessica Kupferman from She Podcast. She's she's been a big help. Dave Jackson, the Dave Jackson, the Dave Jackson uh, from from uh, the School of Podcasting. Anthony Hayes from from the uh, the podcast discovery. So I always want to say channel discovery channel. <laughs> uh, the podcast discovery center. Yeah. Almost said channel again. And and uh, uh, I feel like I'm going to miss somebody. Um, It'll come back to you. Uh, you had such a, and my you, wife for yeah. being super supportive of doing this this thing that sounded kind of crazy and really small and nichey when we got started back in 2015. So yeah, I uh, and I'm sure there's other people people out there too that I should be thanking. So I, I apologize in advance if I'm missing your name. And Anthony is my uh, my bunk bed mate as well. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, and Jeanette. Oh God, Jeanette Pellegrini. Jeanette, you know, doing our, our photography, offering up free headshots from you know a professional photographer awesome. with professional lenses, professional cameras at the event so you know like th- things like that like that's those those are those value added things that i really like to be able to offer to to the people and we we included food too because if i'm inviting you then i'm the one paying for the food and and i want i mean you're paying for the ticket and it's included but but my point being is i could easily just you know axe the food thing and mm-hmm. just be like yeah you're you're you know that's just part of the cost now it was it was so interesting I, yeah I mean, we had a really good, I uh, had a really good experience. It was so well organized. I love the fact that it's intimate, and and the the food break was nice because we were at these huge round tables, and I made it a point, at least at my table, I wanted everyone to talk about their show or about what they were planning, and and a lot of people, Karen Yankovic was at that table, and a couple of other folks, and they mentioned like, well, thanks for, I'm glad I sat at your table because I got to know about all these other people's shows, and I, I, I really I wasn't. You know, you want to find opportunities for people to connect and make friends because there's so many introverts that go to these conferences and they just, you know, try to not realize, especially with a podcasting conference, that that everyone is so open and so welcome that they're losing an opportunity. And I think it's just a matter for them to to get that slight nudge. And so I'm constantly on the lookout, especially at these smaller ones where I'm looking for people that are like not engaging. I'm like, come on, got to pull them into the conversation because we were all there once. And that's how I felt when I went to New Media Expo in 2014. I was just like, man, I'm fish out of water. It's so cool, but it'd be nice to have like a wingman or something here. <laughs> and, you know, now it's it's much bigger and, and, and the whole podcasting community, I feel like, is my family. But do you think that is something that you learned along the way or you were taught? Because you, you seem to be like a very generous host. And I'm wondering where that comes from. Uh, definitely. I mean, you know, from, from my family and, and growing up, like I said, if, if I'm inviting you out to dinner, I, I'm the one that's probably going to pay for it. In, in, in most cases, um, I, you know, I try, I try to, I try to, uh, do that whenever I can, but, uh, you know, I, I, I just really like having people have a really great time, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's one of the things that, and and as as the conference gets bigger and as all conferences get bigger things you know sometimes get muttered muttered muddled muddled, muddled down yeah. muddled down right uh or muddled muddled in muddled, general muddled, I up. Guess muddled muddled up okay uh and and you know trying to find ways to keep that that same feel now here's an example being able to have it at the conference, like we have, we host it at the at the Holiday Inn and in, in just outside of Philadelphia. It's called the Philadelphia South Swedesboro uh, Hotel. It's twenty minutes from the airport, which is 
really, I mean, not bad. I, I don't feel um, for the cost. So I can keep the cost down. Cause that's, that's a big goal of mine uh, with the conference. But one of the things I love about that hotel is when you walk in, it's all there. So you see yeah. like, there is no like, Oh, you got to go down this hall and that hall and go down this elevator to go see where everybody's at. It's, everybody's right there so it creates that mixing pot of like everybody's sitting at the you know at different chairs uh like couches and things of that nature all throughout the atrium and it's it's spread out enough for people to go and and like go and sit down and enjoy themselves one of the things i learned from from having it the first year at a at a gymnasium was it was raining outside Mm. so nobody wanted to go outside and if you were inside it was really loud because people were speaking and you're kind of being rude because okay. <laughs> there's nowhere to go hide or have a conversation. Yeah. So hitting that mark, I think, is really, really important um, for me. And, and I, you know, I, I personally like it when I can get away because a lot of times, you know, I don't go to, to see the speakers. I, I go to meet people because yeah. they're interested in the same thing, right? It's the, yeah. the honeypot. You're bringing everybody to one spot that, that has it. And one of the great things about how going to a, something that's as specific as pot, like a podcast conference is everybody has a podcast or is going to be doing one, right? Like New Media Expo, like you'd have to be like, oh, so where, what do you yeah. do? Who are you? And you might end up, I don't want to say wasting your time with somebody, but you're going to not be investing the time with the the person that is involved with the thing that you're there, you know, you are there for. So it's, it's, um, trying to take that, you know, trying to take speed up that process for people, I think is really, really important. And, and also I, I want to put an emphasis on community building Mm -hmm. and creativity. So by those two things, it makes us very different than a lot of these other conferences, whether it's podcast movement or, uh, you know, DC Podfest. Uh, shout out to Jennifer. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, an emphasis there because I I really think it's important for us to stay creative in the yeah. process of creating great content because that's really what it comes down to. Having two people have a conversation could still be really boring. I mean, I've been part of really boring conversations <laughs> in my life, and and that's not entertaining, right? Yeah. Like that's not what's going to keep me coming back as a listener. Um, let alone probably many other people. So even the dry stuff is usually pretty entertaining, right? Like NPR has made a living out of being dry, but being really entertaining and engaging in that dryness. But they know, but um, they know who their audience is as well, and and they know that there's people who love that type of content, and um, you know, very educated demographic, and and some of the subjects yep. that they tackle are, are something that's right up their alley. So I think there's something for everyone. And I really love the fact that you focus on community and you had a couple of like uh, games or slash exercises that were really, really fun that I hadn't seen elsewhere. So I, I, I like how you're continuing to like test new things out. Yeah. I mean, the fir- the second year we did a um, it was like the dating game. We, we we played the dating game, but with podcast coaches and a new up and coming podcaster. And, you know, it, it could have went a lot better. It could have went a lot better. I think it was it was maybe a little too loose for the for the time but you know i i i learned a lot from that and and took away from it that like okay if we're going to do this again it's got to be it's got to be some way now the unfortunate but fortunate thing was we had so many people that wanted to speak this year that uh it it, it wound up falling off the table for for this past year but it's something that i'd be interested in bringing back because i feel like a lot of people got something out of it even though because it's basically a, a different way of doing a panel yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah. so they po- are asking podcasting questions and the, they're trying to be funny you know and and all that and i think that 
maybe going forward, you know, them having the, the you know, the questions ahead of time would have helped a lot and having maybe three or four questions instead of mm. five or six or seven or eight questions to, to get to the answer. And it's just taking a little bit too long and dragging out a little bit too long. Cause people have to think about what their answer is going to be, how they're going to make it witty or funny or anything like that. And I don't want them to be rehearsed, but you know, I, I think that it's important for them to, to have that, that opportunity to, to see the questions. Cause there's such a, some of them are kind of technical and to come up with funny answers for being technical is, not always easy on the fly and then this year we had the uh the contest to create a podcast on the fly within i, I forgot how much time we had i think we had 20 minutes uh, 20 <laughs> minutes yeah so we that started in the first year yeah. uh if you go back to the photo gallery you can actually see the winning the winning one from the first year then the second one and the third one and I, I wanted something that enabled you to to have to that that creativity come out in mm-hmm. in such a quick way mm-hmm. and the other important thing to get back to the community piece, get up out of your seat and go talk to like three other people that you probably only maybe talked to a little bit or not at all. Yeah. So it, it gave you that that blender time to to blend with other people and to learn and get something out of it. Um, and I have already have next year planned as to what what the next spin um, on that that exercise will be. Okay. You know, and I think it was also you know one of the things I had to learn um, for your for your listeners is. You know, the amount of feedback that you get is is really crucial to making it better. Um, But more so than that, if you give yourself the opportunity to have that conversation with the people that gave you negative feedback, you're going to be able to to make them not only a fan, but learn what you can do better, um, even deeper than just like what their one or two word answer of like, Oh, this, this sucked or I didn't get this or, or anything like that. Cause, and I've had that happen. I've had to have that conversation and I thought it was going to be a lot more difficult than it was. But what I learned was, was I didn't do a good enough job explaining and mm-hmm. setting the expectation. And that's, you know, coming out of it, like, okay, that's what I need to do better next year and, and continue to grow in that, in that regard. I think what's important with those, um, after you know, you keep iterating, you keep trying new things, but to your point, it's good to have uh, ask questions that are detailed so you're getting the answers that allow you to, to change. Because a lot of times in these surveys, they ask these just open-ended questions. On a scale of one to five, how did we do? You know, and if you're diving deep on specific things that you tried, I think you're going to be able to tweak them and, and, and make them better and better as, as, as the years progress. You know, the the other thing was was I asked for people to to put their contact information in because I I wanted to reach out to them because I wanted to find out like you know to ask the, the the questions to find out like what can I how can I do this better what can I do better and how can I do it better and the only way I'm going to be able to do that is if I have those conversations and and I've been told that like well I wasn't prepared for you to ask that okay. Like it, I didn't. It was odd that you would ask for feedback. I gave ne- negative feedback, and then you're like, "Well, in order for me to give that negative feedback, I have to give you my name." I'm like, well, yeah, because I want to. Con- I want to reach out and I want to have a conversation about because we can't get better if we just yeah. live in a bubble of everybody thought it was great. Well, yeah, everybody did, but there might have been one or two people that didn't. You know, it's 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 a different way of doing it, but the communication, which is always the dirty c word, uh, is is really important i think for you to be able to grow uh as especially with the conference where you have to try and take so much so many different inputs from different people yeah you know so it's it's important don't 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 uh don't discount it and you're gonna add another day next year yes so for next year we are uh for all day friday okay and all day saturday 
Friday morning is a, a boot camp that I'm putting on uh, for podcasters that are just getting started. It's a three-hour boot camp. Then we, we break for lunch, and then the conference starts at 1 o'clock on Friday. And uh, on Saturday, it's all day. I don't know what the – I don't think I have the actual times written down yet. But That's no, okay. We'll get them in the show notes. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's pretty much going to be an all day event at that point. Okay, and the uh, the dates just for folks who are listening want to block off their calendars. Yes, so it is September seventh uh, and eighth. Okay, sorry, I had to think about it because it, it jumps every year. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's uh change gears for a little bit. Can you can you talk a bit about? your interest in music and DJing, you touched on the rave earlier. And just so I get a screenshot as well, my, t- my 1200s are in the back there. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. With my vinyl collection and yours are over there to the left. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Your, your, your wall's a little, a little bit more polished than, <laughs> than my Old, book uh, is. Running but... medals. Very cool. Yeah, you ran as well. So I, I ran in high school. So it seems like we've got a lot of things in common. But <laughs> how do you remember what drew you to to DJing early on? Yeah. So growing up, I listened to uh, you know I listened. I I really enjoyed music, but um, what I really really enjoyed was the at nighttime, uh, like our our local pop station in Philly would play like like live from the club, right? And they were always oh, yeah. playing these different versions of the songs. Now this was in ninety. Oh, when was this? Like 93, 94, 95. So by like 96, I I had just like had this like I want to be a DJ cuz like these songs are like the songs I'm hearing on the radio but they're different. They're like with different beats and different mm. things going on. Like Extended I want to know more about yeah. this. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I I just I fell in love with that idea and unfortunately for me, it would be another seven years before I could um, meet the right people to make that happen. And I was able to have enough money to buy equipment and uh, a funny story about like the, not the specific turntables that are behind me, but one of the other sets I have mm-hmm. uh, in storage up in the attic in a, in a flight case is um, I bought my first, I, I, I went to the record store for the first time. I put the needle on the record. I didn't really had no idea what I was doing. Cause at that point I was DJing with CDs and I was like, Oh, it's the future and all that stuff. <laughs> Little did I know CDs were like very much on their way out. Even in 2004, 2005, yeah. it was, it was already on its, on its way out. But I put the needle on the record and, and I turned the record player off and I could still hear the music playing. And I said, Wow, now this is the first time I ever really interacted with a turntable before, so I, I really didn't know what I was touching. And I was like, this is incredible. Mm. I was like, so I bought 10 records. I left there, went to Guitar Center like 20 minutes away, bought my first turntable to add it to my my CD deck uh, and mixer and all that. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just mess with this until I get the money to, to do it. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I I actually went to a friend of mine and I said, "Hey, can I can I borrow like the four hundred bucks or whatever it was to to go buy another turntable so I can I can do this?" Yeah. And uh, she she lent it to me and and I eventually paid her back. Um, not too long after that, but went bought that second turntable, got some more records so I could mix between them, and it was all. It's funny. I went in only wanting trance music, mm. and ended up leaving all with house music. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's it's funny how that works out. I mean, I have a pretty ex- expansive collection from that that time period and and earlier at this point. But 
Yeah, it's so much of that I don't want to keep buying records. <laughs> well, first of all, it's an expensive habit, and then as I remember when I was when I first got started, because I, I I bought my first vinyl probably, oof, eighty eight, eighty eighty six maybe eighty six. Oh, yeah, because wow. I started in high school, and uh, back then you could get a twelve inch for like four ninety nine, you know, and it was. But now, like as as I was getting older and I was buying more you'd get imports and these imports would be like twelve dollars and, and before you know oh. it like you're leaving the record store and you've spent like at least a hundred if not more 150 dollars and you have to be selective but it's interesting what it does joe is it it makes i i i got really good at placing the needle on like two or three places on the record and i'd be like i knew right away if it was something like i wanted or not and you just, it's interesting because you develop this discerning ear because it costs you money. Like the last thing you want to do is buy something, you take it home, and you're like, ah, oh, man, just wasted 10 bucks on that track. And, and now we'd just be like, okay, is this a good beat? Is this something I could mix in? Is this something people would dance to? Is this something that catches me? Because, you know, you just, you know, a beat when you hear it within like literally five seconds. If it's just, if it has you moving at that point, then that's, it's a good, good uh, sign that it's going to be good for, to mix in with your other stuff. So I don't know if you found that to be the case as well, that you just became more discer discerning because you had to. I would spend my Friday nights uh, at the record store for, for two, three, four hours spending my entire uh, paycheck. I would even have like my, I had my own uh, like section of records behind the counter that I like, I think I still want this. I'm not sure if I want this. Yeah. I think the most expensive single that I bought was a picture disc from Kylie Minogue. Mm. I think it was like I want to say it was like twelve or thirteen dollars. Okay. And or maybe it was more it might have been more than that. And I think I only used it like once or twice. <laughs> Those picture discs are cool. Like uh, I have one from um uh, basement jacks uh oh, okay yeah, and there's a couple of others that just I, I still love playing them they're they're fun to to whip out and some of them some of them are like blue vinyl and yellow and it was, yellow. It was pretty cool but yeah, yeah i mean i got a few i got a few of them yeah i eventually uh moved i sort of skipped the whole cd phase and i went into the tractor phase i think i had one side-by-side -side cd player with the two trays and that i never had the cdjs and then i just went straight to started learning tractor and now i've got um an extra laptop that just has tractor on it and that's and then you can play it and sync the the tractor with the 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 vinyl so you get the touch of the vinyl yep. i've done that as well so it's just been interesting i actually you know with the turntables here i don't know how often you get to play but you know with podcasting and everything i'm doing for my business it's so funny it's just literally like an arm's reach away and i and i, and I feel bad that i don't at least jam out on it it's what? literally an arm's reach away from me, and I haven't turned them on in probably a year. It's probably been about two years at yeah. this point. Time has just been <clears throat> a precious resource that I have not spent. Because you know what the thing is, is I, I don't know. I feel like there's so much work I would have to do to get back into it. Like yeah. the last thing I did was the out the Adventuratorium album, mm -hmm. where I took uh, Disney music, mashed up with hip hop instrumentals. And told the story of Pixar's Up. Nice. And um, so you actually kind of see it in the video. It's right behind me, uh, broken out. Make make, the... make sure you send over uh, a link uh, for that as well when we're I, yeah, so we can get yeah. it to the show notes. I want people to be able to to, to yeah, check it out if you want to. Definitely, yeah. Uh, you can get the you can still order the CDs from me, um, or if you want the the digital copy, there's uh, I think it's on Gumroad for like three bucks or okay. something like that, three four bucks. And you said it was a so, Dis Disney mashup. Yeah, so it's the it's it's like an hour and forty minutes or something okay. like that. Uh, there's a ton of tracks that go into it. Did you send it to Lou Mangiello? 
<laughs> uh, I think I'm pretty sure I gave him a copy okay. of it. Pretty, pretty sure. Yeah. I, I might be mistaken, but you can actually go if you if you go on my website and you go to like portfolio, scroll down. There's uh there's a whole music video for the first hour of it where we actually took music video clips and the movie clips and and all the stuff and it all tells the story of up and you can kind of see that a lot better from the video. But it's basically up the musical, mm. um, told by different different tracks. So uh it's it's pretty awesome but that that album you know really changed things for me because it opened my eyes to like wanting to do more projects i was working on my family's business at the time and Mm -hmm. it opened my eyes to wanting to do more stuff with you know whether it was djing or whatever but i wanted to do something on my own that was more creative than what i was doing at the time and it it led me to podcasting which i had already been listening to podcasts since like 2005 but it led me into doing podcast interviews for the release of the album, which led me into, huh, maybe I should have my own podcast and mm. queue up, you know, Dreamers podcast, as you can see right behind me, yeah. you know, shortly after that. So, you know, it, it really jump started my journey, which is ironic because it's up the, the whole like the whole movie is about the journey. Yeah, that's true. So t- so now that's a, that's a great segue. So talk about your 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 first steps into into the podcasting world and and learning that whole aspect of like production because I did music production too because I was DJing and, and that lent itself to electronic music and so when I started editing I'm like oh this is not too bad it's just voice and so I'm wondering if you could talk about your experience yeah so like when uh actually earlier than that like two or three years before I started my podcast there was some friends of mine from the Disney podcasting community they were like oh you should have your own podcast you can talk about Disney you love it you're going there like several times a year you should totally have it and i'm like i don't know i get bored because it's disney and like i love disney absolutely but you know by myself solo show about disney i don't live down there so i can't just be like hey i popped in and saw this or blah 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 blah. so i i just kind of shelved the idea and when i finally like after i did adventuratorium like i've had uh, an it background i i I've, you know worked on servers and computers and all kinds of things uh networks and i and i have the music background with the djing and the editing that i had never really edited that much audio until it came to adventuratorium so mm-hmm. it was just it was a natural fit for me to be like oh i can edit audio i know about recording audio i know about sound in general uh i know how to go about putting my own website together because i've been building websites since 96 let all the only thing with the, the one thing i needed was was uh my good friend al kessel you know giving me uh just a couple of pointers on the things i needed to do as far as like okay how do i get the feed how do i make that happen yeah put the website together and, and we launched uh two weeks after uh i had the idea on a plane so i was on a plane ride to disney with a friend of mine to run a race more running mm-hmm. um and i was like hey you know is there any other disney shows blah 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 and he was like oh no but you should listen to this other show blah 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 and i was like oh that's interesting i never really thought about podcasting as an interview type show you know uh, in an interview case because to me it was always you know roundtable you yeah. know disney it was only disney podcasts i was listening to so disney roundtable shows and i was that's what i was trying to get on like as a as a guest on the on those shows and um when I was like, wow, well, like I know a lot of people in like business and all, but I know a lot of people that are living their dreams. So that's when the, you know, the plane landed. I registered the domain name, the Facebook page and the Twitter handle before we got to the rental car. Mm-hmm. And uh, two weeks later, I, I had my first show and I just started recording 
the heck out of myself. I went from one show uh, the, on launch week to three shows the next week and the next week and the next week. And then I think it was like by the fourth week, I was like, let's go for five. Hmm. So I went to five episodes a week. I was editing like crazy well into the night. And now I don't record, I don't edit at all, except like, like if there's something very specific I want to remove, I, I, like I just, I, I write the notes down as I'm recording. Yeah. So I don't have to like go back and listen to the whole thing. And it takes me about like outside of whatever it takes to record. It takes me maybe 25 minutes to, to get the episode up all, with all the show notes and everything um, plugged away, the bumpers in the episode. And, uh, and it's has saved my mind. <laughs> you know, it it has it has saved my mind. It has helped save, you know, hopefully my marriage because I was spending so much time just doing that alone. Yeah. And then eventually, I you know, doing five days a week, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to back down to three because I want to write a book. And I and I and I knew this. So like when I started the show, like I was using other people that are out there as a model. Of like okay, so like. I, I I like speaking, doing mm-hmm. presentations and stuff like that, because which DJing helped get me there because I was really shy before that. Not really shy, but I wasn't getting up in front of people to speak or anything like that before that. I, I like writing. I don't like reading, but I do like writing uh, and I and I want to write a book. So, I, you know, the book aspect of it and there was all these different slices um, and then I was like, well, I can put up a, do a conference for the, for the show. And like, I'm going to do all this stuff. Now what it ended up becoming was I wrote so far, I've written three books. I'm working on my fourth. It's almost, almost done. But actually by the time that I don't know when this goes live, but might be out by the time this goes live. And, and I have MapCon, which I didn't think that that was going to be a thing. I thought it was going to be based around my show, yeah. uh, for as far as a conference goes. And, uh, you know, I do speaking now and it's not just speaking on, on the dreamers podcast. Cause the show has evolved since, uh, since September of 2017, I changed it over to the business podcast because we were pretty much only talking about business anyway, at that point, it was all people who were, you know, the idea was like business lessons from those who live their dreams. Yeah. So it, and, and that helped a lot getting that, that branding, right. But it, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect. Right. Like it, it helped people get make the connection to where where I wanted them to go mm-hmm. but it wasn't perfect and now it's it's the business podcast and uh we actually uh since the show's launched I've done a lot of different types of series on the show from solo episodes to uh having guests on the show that aren't being interviewed we're just talking about a topic yeah. to having a pre-show where me and my boy Matt we would talk for sometimes upwards of an hour to an hour and a half before the interview even started so i have like one episode that's like i think it's like close to three hours because our 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 pre-show took so long to go through all the different topics that were going on with that week before we even got there so i you know i i think the important thing and like i said not editing now is to own the fact that it's your show own the fact that you you know, it's, it's what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Your audience is super important and, and hopefully they'll give you feedback on that, but it starts with what you want first, yeah. because if you're not happy with it, you're not going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and with that said, there's been plenty of times where I'm like, man, I feel like I should just like move on to a different type of show or, and I have like a whole Evernote note of all different types of shows that I would be like, man, this would be really cool if I could do this. But 
you know, I, but I don't want to give up what I've already created either, right? So, so it's important to keep things in perspective. Um, and with that said, I've also added video, right? Like I've done over a hundred business lesson videos, and and once this book gets wrapped up, I plan on going back and and start cranking those back out again. So, you know, being being unafraid to just keep trying different things and reinventing, and and now I just launched a new series on the show on the on the podcast where. I have a guest who is a business owner. They're mm-hmm. anonymous. We we don't talk about their name or their business or anything like we or their business name, where they're from, type of thing. But we talk about their business problem. So it strips that ego away and it strips all these things away. It's like, look, let's just like you don't have to advertise the episode. I, I'll do a, I'll I'll do that. I'll yeah. take on that, getting it out there. Once we figure out like what's your topic that what's the thing that you're struggling with, and then I help them through that struggle. So it's basically a coaching session yeah. on a podcast, but it's anonymous, so we don't have to worry about the egos. Well, that happens. I've seen that a lot, um, and it's something I'm obviously every podcaster has ideas for a new podcast. So I have one uh, that I'm going to start for my business because uh, we have a full full service done for you podcasting company called Fullcast. But I don't. It's like the the it's the cobbler's kids have the worst shoes, right? <laughs> So I'm like, hey, this is what I help my clients with. So I have Podcast Junkies, obviously, which has been an amazing networking tool uh, for the past three and a half years. But I think I want to hone in and really have like specific conversations with people who are using uh, a podcast to grow grow their business. Um, and and so that'll be bringing clients on and then just teaching. And But there's always room for improvement and room to try new things. I'm wondering with the Dreamers, if, if you can recall uh, a memorable conversation or, or any, any that stand out for you. I mean, I, you know, I've gotten that question a lot. There's a lot of memorable ones. It's it 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 would be like picking a favorite kid. It's not <laughs> something that you would want to or to or, or just to change it a little bit. When you think about the memorable ones, is there a common theme that you hear that that you know is you know of the five or the ten that stand out for you? Is is there something that you can that you can pick that's common across all of those? There's many, many, many ones where after we got done the interview, you know, they said to me, I feel like I just got back from a therapist session. Okay. And for me, that that's a huge like gold star. Right. Yeah. And and it's an honor to be able to say that uh, to have that said to me. Because the other thing, before I wanted to be a DJ, I wanted to be a child psychologist when I was six years old to help other kids going through uh, divorce like I was. Mm. So so for me, like, I, you know, I'm not a big school guy. So I was like, uh, you know, I'm not going to go do all that schooling. But but I've gotten to help kids through and youth through so many other avenues because of the opportunity that I've took for myself to not only leave my family's business to go do it, but to start up a podcast and start writing books and putting myself out there and doing talks uh, with youth and even working at a, a nonprofit four days a week called HopeWorks that uh, enables me to be able to work with directly with youth and helping them through their issues. So it's, it, it you know, you don't always see the path to like yeah. what you think that you're going to want or do. When I was six years old, th- podcasting didn't exist yet. I mean, most people still didn't really even have computers. So it's it's just the thing is like you don't know how you're going to get there until you're you, you go down that line and and figure it out and how it's all connected to the things that you love. Yeah. Just like DJing for you helped you understand the podcasting end of it so much easier, right? Editing audio and and understanding what good audio sounds like. Yeah. Um and and yeah, I I think that uh 
it's one of those things where it's like when they come on the show, when they leave, I want them to feel like they've gotten to that. They've gotten that point of having a, a therapy session, uh, whether it's for their business or for them, you know, personally, because to me, life and business are, are so interconnected. Definitely. Um, and, you know, if, if one's out of out of whack, um, the other one's going to get out of whack pretty quick if it's not already or if you just haven't acknowledged it or realized it yeah, yet. You're in denial. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, it's really easy to get in denial. You just have to not feel like uh, there's a problem. <laughs> what what drives you to keep producing the books? Because I know for a lot of people, if they get one book out in the course of their career, they they feel like, "Woof, I finally you know get that albatross off my neck." But you keep going, so I'm wondering um, what's driving you, and and, and what are you doing that's di- you know because you got to keep doing something different, right? You can't just do a variation of what you did before. Uh, you know, a great artist, and I'm sure you know who this, who's, who you you might know who said this. You know, I don't feel like it's like it's me bringing it out. It's it's coming. It's all coming through me, right? So, uh, if you do, can you name the artist who said that? Uh, doesn't come to mind right now. Uh, okay. So, uh, that that was a a, a rough a very rough version of, of something that DJ shadow said, okay. uh, on introducing, but, but no, really, I, I think that it's the drive to want to continue to push boundaries and do things different. And, you know, for me, like, I, I mean, I thrive off, off of that. Mm. It's really important to me to not only produce d- things that interest me because I want to stay engaged, right? Like I can get bored pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's important for me to stay engaged. So it's important for me to, to produce things that are, that are different. But if you look at my books, they're all so far, well up until this, this new book that's coming out, they're all designed for people like me who don't like to read. Cause I'm a slow reader. Cause I have to read <laughs> every single word in the book yeah. to get it. So I'm a really slow reader, so it's not something I do an all, all, awful lot of. So there's lots of pictures, and it's really short and to the point. Okay. And so I, you know, people have really appreciated the the first three books that I've written, but those books are really pieces of art because I've also done the artwork in all mm, the books. Nice. So like I draw all pictures for each each one of the each chapter, uh, with the exception of the third book, I self empower. But that came out of a dream from artwork of of repetitive, uh, you know, like repetitive artwork. No, what is so that? like, so like if you had, see like like the picture of like Marilyn Monroe where it's okay. like her oh, yeah, in like yeah. three, four, six different colors. Yeah, that's repetitive artwork, right? So out of that came, how do I do it with repetitive words? So that's like I had a dream. Twenty minutes into the like trying to fall asleep, I woke up, wrote uh, like sixty or seventy uh, self affirmations. Nice. And then took that and then the next morning wrote more and more and more until I got to like a, over 160. And I was like, okay, let's do the book. And there's actually hidden messages in the pages because each page has its own character painted yeah. into the book using like the inverse colors. Okay. So it's like black text on white paper, but the inverse is the white text on black uh Board, like background yeah, yeah so i use that as a paintbrush to paint characters and there's hidden messages in in the book itself very cool like yeah it's so it, it's more of an art piece yeah, than definitely. uh like a regular book yeah, like and, a regular business book <laughs> yeah yeah so i you know i and with the new book i mean I've, i designed the cover i designed well it's 
It's a little bit different, but it's probably more in the vein of of like traditional business books um, because I want people to be able to share it. So like my first three books, I didn't care because I'm like, I'm doing me. This is my man. These are really the books that I should have came with out after the yeah. fact, but they, they came before the fact. So th- with this book, it, this is like the coming out book. And the, the new book is called Sales Won't Save Your Business. Mm. Focus on the top and the top stands for team, offer, and process. It's it's what's so great, Joe, is that you put so much of your heart and soul into these projects, and it shows, you know, with what you did with the 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 mix CD and what you're doing with the books. And I think it's I think so many people when they think about a book, they think about okay, what's the formula that's going to get me, or the shortcut, or the hack, or you know, just some fill in the blank type stuff, so I can literally get this out. And then what's the What's the Amazon bestseller marketing 101 hack to get on those lists? And they just really treat it like as a formula and something they just have to check off. And that's definitely not something that you're doing. And I love the fact that we picked video for this episode because now we get to see the books. (laughs) (laughs) They're beautiful. They're so personal. I love them. So, you know, I really wanted to show the power of what you could do when you're not something, right? This is the first book. And this book has been featured on entrepreneur.com, foxnews.com, and, uh, and Huffington Post. Okay. So this book, you know, I I really wanted to to showcase, you know, the fact that hey, I'm not an artist, I'm not this thing, but I can I can throw down too, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. all on my own, like Sharpie artwork, kind of like a graffiti. Yeah, I was style. just thinking about graffiti when you said that. I was like, yeah, because I used to do like I used to fancy myself a amateur graffiti artist, not even close <laughs> to what I would see in 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 the in the city. But it was that's that's fun too that we we share that passion. You know, so I I think that, you know, for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be wildly different. And a lot of people really loved it. I think for me, I think the cover kind of turned people off, even though it was in the same vein. I mean, I've sold a couple thousand copies of it and that's awesome. You know, so for the and and the thing is, this was all in color. So I had to by hand, that's all done in color. Um, So my hand cramped up a lot. So for the (laughs) second one, I was like, you know what? Let's do a coloring book so you can color it in because I ain't doing it this time. So I did the same type of style artwork, but it's designed – it has a double like meaning for that, right? So you can see like the cover is is actually colored in with with, uh, crown. And the double meaning is is like it allows you to get in that that child frame of mind mm, on on how what you wanted to be when you grew up and yeah. how to dream big and win. And it's it's again it's short. It's not a super thick book. It's a coloring book. It's so it's interactive. And I think that's that's one of the things I I really like about you know having these books where they're they're engaging in a in a slightly different way, yeah, right? Totally. So the so the third book, I Self Empower, you, you see it's it's the third in the trilogy, the self-development trilogy. It's yeah. black, so it stands out differently from the other ones. And it's 160 self-affirmations. But like this is the kind of – I don't know if you can read yeah, all that, but like uh, – what does yeah. that say? I, I, I joke. joke. Yep. Uh, I, am I am heard. I am heard. So you'll see like there's different letters. Like this is a, a V. Yeah. So each page has its own character and there's messages in the book like like as you flip through it like kind of like a flip book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very you interesting. Know? Yeah, so, I, it reminds reminds me a little bit of the or the mentality of like choose your own adventure. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I uh I, I so I, yeah, I might want to do a choose your own adventure <laughs> I'm at sure some that's point. Next. But, <laughs> but you know, with the with the new book, I um I wanted to make it so that 
you know, because I know I have a lot of great information and, and things for people to, to take, you know, takeaways and things of that nature. And I really wanted something to be like, yo, like, you got to check out this book and and be proud of it. Right. Because, like, I mean, I I mean, when when people when I gave people or, or people bought copies of this, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I gave it to so and so and we passed it on or whatever. And I, I want people to to take that uh, to the next level. Right. And And be like. They're going to their chamber of commerce meeting and they're like, yo, you got to check out this book mm-hmm. and feel proud like because it's got a cover that says and I wish there was an easy way for me to show you the cover, but I'll send it. I'll send a copy of the cover over to you yeah, so okay. you can. No, I think so what, you, what, you, what like, you're showing show on camera is, is, is great. Um, it's, um, it, it's so I, it wasn't as I was getting ready for this call. I was like, man, there's so much to talk about with Joe. I was like, <laughs> we're, we're going to have to like we're, we're going to only like skim the surface because it's you know you're doing so many things but i think it just speaks to the fact that you're i I get the sense that you're naturally curious um and you're always trying new ways of doing things because i think that's really what keeps you interested it it is because i would get bored very easily uh you know so so yeah from from shooting videos to making books and and it's funny like my the some of the people i work with they're like I don't understand. You, you're an author that doesn't read books, and I'm like, well, so there's a reason for that, and I think this is really important for for especially content creators. If you're a content creator, I think it's important to for two things. One is to limit your intake of yeah. of consumption, totally, uh, so that you're not like diverting yourself too much, uh, and the information isn't like too repetitive. And then I also think that it's it's really important for you to step outside of your niche. So mm-hmm. like. I watch YouTube. I watch actually probably more YouTube than I would like to care to admit. But what I'm watching for is the the process, right? How are they going about making these videos? What's the story there? Like those types of things where you 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 dissect that for yourself to yeah. to figure out how you can inject that methodology into what you already love and do. So I'm not trying to replicate what they do, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to uh, see what like what could I do to to flavor because the other thing is is when I'm watching videos, I'm not watching business lesson videos on face on YouTube. I'm watching tech because yeah. I love tech, right? So I'm watching tech tubers and, and things of that nature. And it's like, how do I take what they're doing and inject that kind of stuff into my audience, you know, to, to my audience, which is a very vastly different uh, audience for sure. Well, um, a couple of questions as we wrap up because we're at the getting close to the top of the hour, but um I'm I'm curious what's something you've changed your mind about recently? Something that I've changed my mind about. How re- how recent is recent? Anytime. It could be no, it could yeah, it could be something that changed about years ago or just you know, and it doesn't have to be anything specific to podcasting, it could just be something in life, you know, where you thought something was one way and then something or somebody uh gave you a different perspective on it. Uh I mean I think the big one for me was would probably be having kids okay. or having a kid and now soon to be a second kid in February. You know, it's not that I don't love kids. I absolutely love kids. I mean, I'm, I write books you know, that that can be used by kids, you're right? A kid, you're a kid at heart, a big old kid at heart. So, but you know, I, I think I, ha- I had a lot of reservation uh, about it because I, I felt at the time that I wasn't, uh, not that I wasn't ready, but that the way I, where I was in life wasn't ready. You know, I didn't mm. have my business yet. Mm-hmm. I didn't have I didn't have some of the things that I, I wanted out of life. And even though when we decided to to have Ava, 
you know, I was only, I guess, like a year, year and a half into this process of starting a business and trying to even figure out what the business was. Part of the having the Dreamers podcast was, what is it that I want to do? I never really thought about it. I mean, yeah, I love DJing, but like the odds of me becoming like some big time DJ are pretty slim, yeah. right? So especially in the time where like sharing anything online was like getting you flagged everywhere and yeah. still kind of is so it's like you can't share mashups you can't do like how are you supposed to get the stuff out there unless i want to become a producer not enough instant gratification there for me so i i avoid that but so yeah so but having kid having the the thought to be like yes i'm i'm gonna do this and it's gonna be great and it's fun and i mean i'm looking i have my cameras right here oh there goes ava right there and i was <laughs> gonna say i could see her in the theater room next to us but but she just walked right by the door because <laughs> because because we're in video. I have, see. I have an open door policy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> open. <laughs> open. It's open, always open. open portal policy. Yes. Um, what's what's the one most misunderstood thing about you? Interestingly enough, these are the first time I ask these questions on video because I'm like, oh, it's audio. We'll just cut it out. So <laughs> no, you don't need to cut it out. No editing. Stop the editing. No, no we're not going to edit. Stop the madness. <laughs> Hashtag stop the editing. <laughs> yes please uncut, uh, yeah hashtag podcast uncut we should start that hashtag what okay so the question is is what yeah what's i mean one thing that people misunderstand about me yeah and i know it's hard, it's hard sometimes to kind of think about to get into other people's minds but sometimes you know you, you find it out when people are like oh i thought you were like this or i thought this or you know i, I didn't know you were like this or that's usually you're like wow i didn't realize people thought that i think if, so so for people that don't know me that well, I think that the level the level that I care, mm. you know, I like I genuinely really, really care about other people. I care about experience like to me, you know, people are the most important thing. Right. So so like we could me and my wife could go somewhere. But the most important thing to me is, is that I got to meet three people while I was there. And like I learned more about canada because they were canadians and they happen to be visiting like yeah. that to me is the thing that like those because it's those stories that people will tell you and and you can listen and learn like those are things that like i'm using them as lessons so that i don't have to go and necessarily go and live that lesson myself right i can see okay. from those experiences and, and plug them in and, and see how they adapt um but but like yeah genuinely caring about what other people do or think or feel or and and how much to what level i can help and be of help i, I you know i think that's one thing hold, hold on melissa what's one thing that people you you think that people misunderstand about me we get audience participation now too this is great <laughs> that uh, that i'm cocky so <laughs> I so with that said, you gotta love yourself more than anybody else, right? Yeah. Because no one should love you as much as you gotta love you, because no one's gonna do it for you um, to that level that you really need. So yeah, there are people that think that that I'm cocky or whatever, but I think that also goes with caring so much about what caring about so much about what experiences that I can help create for other people. So. But I, I think to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, I love Kanye West, and he he loves himself more than anybody on this planet. So. Uh, you know, but I think there's a lot there's a lot of things there that you you really have to 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 love yourself. I don't think it's cocky. I think it's confidence. And sometimes you got to be willing to fake that confidence, even if you're not totally sure that that's going to be what happens. Yeah, it's a start. It gets you out of your shell. And I think eventually you, you modify it 
to who you are and to your personality, and that's what you've done, I think, because you're such an open-hearted person, because you generally care, and, and from the experiences that I've had with you, both online and both in person at the conference, I can definitely vouch for, for you <laughs> for you as, well, as a human being. Thank you, thank you. And that was my wife, for anybody yeah. who <laughs> didn't know. We'll put her in the credits as well. <laughs> well, Joe, um, the, yeah. hour, the hour's flown by. Uh, I'm glad we finally were able to reschedule a couple of times and make this happen. I'm glad uh, you're, you're game for new experiments. So this is going to be the first uh, video production of podcast. I'm, I'm happy uh, to happy to be on that pod, <laughs> the podca- pioneer podcast junkies. Just don't, don't hit me with the arrows in the back. That's the only thing. No, never. Um, <laughs> so where's the best place for folks to to track you down? All right, so we got superjoepardo.com. That's P-A-R-D-O. But if you go to P-A-R-T-O.com, it doesn't matter. It goes to the same place because that's what you should be doing with your websites when you have names that people don't know how to spell. Or you could go to midatlanticpodcast.com, midatlanticpodcastconference.com, whatever. You can get there from my site, too. If you go under portfolio, there's conferences under there because I, I do run two conferences though i think one's going to be on hiatus this year not mapcon okay. um but yeah so i you can get to both of those right there and there's my social medias right up top uh you can contact me please reach out if you have any questions or anything i can help you with uh, i might not be the fastest to get back right this moment but by maybe by the time this goes live my book will be out and i'll be able to crank out some emails I'm sure you're if you're, oh, and if your email's long, it takes me longer to read it. So just, <laughs> if you didn't pick up on that earlier. So shorter emails would be awesome. There's a thing called three-line emails or something like that. I don't know if you've seen that. Really? No, I haven't seen that. It's like a, a thing, and people put it in the email signature, like, and you have to commit to like only keeping your emails to three lines, which is, which is interesting because you respect other people's time. So, Well, thanks so much. Wide-ranging conversation as always. Um, and um, wish, wishing yeah. both, you know, good things for both of, both of us in 2018. Absolutely. You you too, Harry. Thank you so much again for having me on. I really do appreciate you and your time and your audience and the, the junkies that you have that listen to the show. Okay. They're junkies, right? Yeah, yeah that's, they're, that's, they're, they're podcast junkies, junkies, technically. Oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> have a fantastic day. So thanks again to the Super Joe Pardo for coming on this show. Joe's such a nice guy. I, I think... It, it it's 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 something that exudes is the word that comes to mind exudes exudes generosity i just like saying that word i think you feel it too uh, like i said if you ever met him in person you'd know right away but i, I think you can get a sense from um you can almost hear, hear the smile on his face because he was smiling throughout this whole interview and he's just such a nice guy and i, I really love the fact that he's just he just does everything with so much gusto, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, he's written all these books and he does this conference. You should see him at these conferences. He's literally got the camera in one hand, taking a selfie uh, while he's up there and he's working the slides. <laughs> I would argue that he's one of the toughest working guys in podcasting right now and he's such a good guy as well. So um, intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil, cedarsoil.com. Uh, don't forget to support our sponsor, Podbean, podbean.com slash podcast junkies. Tune in next week. We have a great conversation with someone I met through Twitter. Her name is Susie Buttress. She's the host of the Casual Birders podcast, and it's a podcast about bird watching, uh, amateur bird watching. She's, it was such a delight. Uh, as soon as I found out about the, the show, I listened to a couple and it was very, very meditative. I had them, um, I was listening to them while I was working. Really interesting. And we had a great conversation and we've maintained our conversation since then. She's based in the UK and she's actually going to be making it out to Los Angeles and hopefully taking, um, 
part of the uh, the group from Los Angeles podcasters on a bird watching tour, which would be a lot of fun. And another hashtag because of my podcast story. Uh, don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive my weekly episode updates, podcastjunkies.com slash eight tools. Uh, if you made it this far, you're looking for the retention hashtag. That is hashtag super Joe, S-U-P-E-R-J-O-E. And you can tag uh, Joe at super Joe Pardo. And of course, us at podcast underscore junkies. Thanks again for your patience and thanks again for your ongoing support. Make sure you spread the word, the word, not the, well, spread the bird. <laughs> That's actually relevant right now. Spread the word and spread the bird about uh, our show and tell one new person this week about Podcast Junkies. Have a fantastic week, guys.